a child's birthday, they're the center of attention. And it kind of strikes us a little bit odd because <laughs> mom and dad bought the presents. Mom and dad made the cake. Mom and dad gave out the invitations to the little child's friends. Mom and dad cleaned the house. Mom and dad made extensive preparations for the special birthday celebration. Mom and dad made the child. Yet the child is the focus of the attention. And of course, especially when our children are younger, those birthdays mean uh, more to our children than they do to us. In fact, we get to a point in our lives where we have so many birthdays that we don't want to talk about it anymore. Or we say we've had so many birthdays that our birthday counter just stopped at a number that we randomly chose. Uh, but that's not the case for children. We, we celebrate that child on their birthday because we love seeing how that child is growing and developing. But it is a little funny because the kid actually had pretty much nothing to do with it. This is a day that was provided for and made possible by the child's parents. And so that's kind of the way I feel this morning when we think about the fact that for the first time three years ago, we started meeting in this room. And there's a lot that could be said about what has happened between then and now and the things that made that day possible and our, and our hopes and our plans for the future. I kind of want to take this morning's idea, though, Communion Sunday, we're taking a break from Minor Prophet, Major Message. We have two more sermons in that series. We'll be wrapping that up and then going into the holiday season. I want to take the focus off of the child this morning. I don't really want to focus so much on River Church. I want to focus on the one that made it possible. I want to focus on Jesus. I just want to talk about him this morning. And I just want to share one verse this morning that I, I feel accurately sums up a really great way to celebrate the fact that God has been providing for us as a group of people, some of us believe, some of us don't, some of us are somewhere in between, who call ourselves River Church. We, we know that the account of Jesus' life is given to us in four different accounts known as the Gospels or the Good News, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They all knew Jesus personally and wrote of their experiences with him and give, gives us four different perspectives of the life of Jesus. And we know that they have a lot of content in common, especially Matthew, Mark, and Luke. They're known as the synoptic or the same gospels, whereas John has a different perspective and doesn't have a lot in common with the other four gospels. And so when all four gospels, however, say the same thing, it's kind of special there's really only one miracle that is recorded in all four Gospels, that is the feeding of the 5,000. And there's very few statements that Jesus makes that are recorded in all four Gospels, but this is one of them. It's found in Matthew, it's found in Mark, it's found in Luke, and it's also found in John. And it's the one verse I want to focus on this morning, because yes, it's our birthday, yay! But can we focus on Jesus? And here's why. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. And we find these words. Once upon a time, Jesus was alone. And he knew that God had called him to preach the good news. And so we know that the first recorded words of Jesus in Matthew, Mark, and Luke are, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. God's kingdom, God's presence is spilling over into time. And it's possible to be in a relationship with him, turn from your sins, and accept 
faith in me, Jesus Christ, and understand that God is invading the planet. This is the gospel. And Jesus began preaching this by himself. But then he called some people to follow him. And as he was walking along the Sea of Galilee, he came across Simon and his brother Andrew. And he said these two words, follow me. He gave them something to do. And it was very clear. It wasn't that they were bored or looking for anything to do. They were actively employed as fishermen. But we see that one of the early calls of the gospel, when it gets very specific, what does it mean when the kingdom of heaven has broken into a geography? What does it mean when God's presence is being experienced in a community? It looks like people who follow Jesus. And that's really what I want to focus on this morning, because at the end of the day, that's what a church is. It's people who have said, yes, we are going to follow Jesus. And, and Jesus gave Simon and Andrew something to do, and it was specifically, it was to follow him. And even more specifically, we know that what it means to follow Jesus is he is blazing a path that connects the temporal, this planet, with the eternal, God's kingdom. That he's actually forging a path that by faith, his followers can keep sight of him, stay close to him, and actually move from this life to the life to come. We also know that this path is narrow. <laughs> we also know that this path is not wide. We know that in order to follow Jesus, we need to stay close to him. And this is the first call that he made to his disciples. And it's a great place to focus our time and attention today because it answers this question, which I think, I hope everybody wrestles with. And, and this question is, what on earth is Jesus trying to do to me? <laughs> what is Jesus trying to do to me? Why do we still talk about him? Why is it still a thing? What is Jesus trying to do to me? Very simple. Follow me. That's what he wants. He wants everybody to turn in faith like Simon and Andrew did. Leave the things that they're busy with, regardless of how meritorious and good and decent and honest that they are. Forsake them and follow Jesus. What on earth is Jesus trying to do with me? He wants us to follow him. Follow me. This is what Jesus says. And it's a great question. And as a church, that's a question that we celebrate. That's a, connect, that's a question that we try to help people connect in faith to. We try to have these conversations where we go to our friends and our loved ones. And maybe they're talking to us about the good times. And maybe they're talking to us about the bad times. But it's a great, what is Jesus trying to do to you right now? I don't know. <laughs> the Bible says, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, follow me. He's drawing you to himself through the difficult times, through the boring times, through the exciting times, through the good times. Follow me. Transfer your faith from just this world and what we can see. Place your faith in the eternal, and I'm going to show you how to walk from one to the other so that we have not only a hope of heaven, and eternal life to come, but joy and peace and purpose in this life as well. What on earth is Jesus trying to do to me? Follow me. That's the answer. It's a powerful gospel message. And we, we saw Simon and Andrew, we know in the text, along with 10 others, made that decision to follow Jesus. It's the first question I think that's worth asking this morning on our birthday. Let's focus on Jesus. Because what is he trying to do to us? He wants us to follow him. 
everything behind, not just our sins, which we repent of, we get that, but actually placing him first in our lives as individuals, as men and women of faith. Follow Jesus, something to do. Specifically this morning, we, 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 here's a second question that it would be good to address on our birthday. What does this actually look like at River Church? What does it look like if we're all focused on Jesus, if we're all following Jesus, if we have placed our faith in Jesus and we're repenting of the same kinds of things and we're the first ones to say that as much as I love my family, as much as I love my job, as much as I love where I live, that, and that's going to take a certain percentage and time of my time, talent, and treasure, at the end of the day, I'm following Jesus. If, if we have a room full of people who have actually made that commitment or are on the path of making that commitment or exploring that commitment because they're wrestling with the question, what on earth is Jesus trying to do with me? And the answer is follow me. What does it look like when we all begin to follow together? It's, it's what we call the church. It's what happened in the New Testament. Jesus said, it's as hard as it is to believe, it's better for me to go away so that the presence of the Holy Spirit may come and God's presence can be everywhere at the same time in everyone who is following me. And so if we're all focused on Jesus and we're all following him, what does that actually look like when we follow him together, specifically at River Church? And, and, and the verse goes on to say this, follow me and I will make you fish for people. Now, that just sounds kind of weird to us right now. But to Simon and to Andrew, this esoteric call to follow me just got real particular. Why? They were professional fishermen. And as soon as Jesus used that metaphor, he connected with these guys because now they have a better idea of what it means to follow Jesus. Because he said he gave them something to do. Now he gave them something to become, which is related to what they already were, which is fishermen, which is, and I will make you fishers of people. You're going to fish for people. Well, now to them, that gave some clarity to what it means to follow Jesus. Because as fishermen, they knew that in order to catch a fish, which God controls, in a body of water over which they have no control over the environment, these are divinely controlled things. We do not control the weather, and as fishermen, we do not control the fish. If we did, we would say to the fish, jump here, and then we would clean it and sell it. Or we could say to the fish, jump from the pond into the frying pan and eviscerate yourself in the process. And that, that's what we would do as fishermen. But we don't have that control. We get that. These are things that God controls, but that doesn't mean that fishermen only pray and ask that God gives them good weather and a good catch. Fishermen have boats. Specifically, in this time frame, they had nets, and they worked in teams. And when Jesus had found them in the morning, they had been working all night in their boats with their nets, and they were now cleaning their boats and their nets. And so when Jesus says, and I will make you fish for people, now they know they have a job to do, which is prepare for the catch. The fish are not going to eviscerate themselves and jump in the frying pan. You have to go get them. In an environment in which you do not control, but you prepare for the best that you can. It takes money. It takes time. It takes work. It takes planning. It takes wisdom. These guys had boats. They had nets. They had tackle. They had oars. They had sails. They had business partnerships. 
They were very strategic and intentional when it came to being in the right place at the right time to catch something that they have no control over. And so as a church, it means that as we prepare for people coming to church and making a decision of faith three years ago today, we had no idea what was going to happen. But we had a trailer, we had a sound system, we had musicians, we had children's programming, we had a sermon. And, of course, we know that Jesus does not work through the power of the Holy Spirit without coffee, so we had coffee as well. We, we not knowing how many fish or people were going to be here, we worked hard anyways and prepared for something that God was going to do. So specifically for River Church, what does that look like when we follow Jesus? It meant that we went through a season of preparation. Trailers and trucks and coffee urns and children's curriculum and soundboards and wires and stands and instruments and a place and a time and promotional work and community outreach. We put a lot of time in preparing for what God was going to do because when it means to follow Jesus, the first thing that his disciples thought was, if I'm going to become a fisher of people, I have to prepare for that work the same way I prepare for actual fishing. The second thing is, you put the time in, you put the work in, you spend the money, you prepare the things, and then you go out into this environment that only God controls, seeking something that only God controls, and then you actually catch some fish. There has to be a plan for what do you do with these fish now that you've caught them. You fill the boat, you come back to the shore, you have to have a relational process by which you then sell the fish, clean the fish, move the fish to market. Because the goal of fishing is to eat the fish. And, and so they knew that when Jesus says, follow me, because, something to do, I'm going to make you fishers of men. We've got to work hard. We've got to prepare for this task to present the gospel to people, trusting the results to God. Because people's hearts are only controlled by the Lord. We don't get to make any decisions of faith for anybody other than ourselves. But decisions of faith will be made. People will make decisions of faith. Now what do you do with them? And the answer here at River Church, specifically, what does it look like when we follow Jesus? We make all the preparations prayerfully, commit ourselves with hard work and time and energy and money, knowing that the Lord will bring people to church and they will make decisions of faith and they will be baptized, they will be saved, they will bring their children to be dedicated, they will find their role in ministry. How does that actually happen? It's our membership process. And yesterday, we, we actually went through the first cycle and, and completed it. And so for those of you who, who weren't here when we introduced this membership process about a year or so ago, uh, we linked it to a narrative, which is the Life Vest, the Community, the Paddle, and the Campsite. The Life Vest being a conversation about salvation. It doesn't matter what canoe or church you end up hopping into. It's the most important thing is that you follow Jesus. And, and, and so that's, that's like a life vest. You can get thrown in the waters of the world anywhere, but if you're saved, you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the most important thing. Follow Jesus. It's the first step to our membership process. Is, uh, we invite friends and families who are interested in learning more about River Church. We invite them over to our house, and we, we prepare a meal for them, and, and we keep the classes small. And we present the gospel and the importance of baptism and the importance of communion and the importance of uh, the Great Commission. 
the four things that Jesus actually commands everybody to do as part of following him. Be saved, be baptized, join in the communion, uh, actually take communion and partake in the Great Commission, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. So we know that wherever somebody wants to go to church, at the end of the day, the most important thing is that their life has time. And, and we've seen more people make amazing decisions of faith in a small group context, sitting in our house, we love the life of Christ. And then yesterday, we, we began and finished the, the next three classes, which is a conversation of church membership. Now that you have your life vest on, and maybe you put your life vest on a long time ago, Maybe you just put it on when you made a decision of faith. Maybe you've never been baptized and don't know why you should. Uh, and we handle all that in, in our uh, Life Best class. But you've made those decisions. Now it's time to join a church or to consider joining a church. Well, what does the Bible say about church membership? Why do we care? What are the responsibilities of being a member of a church? What are the privileges of being a member of a church? Uh, and what, what makes River Church unique? What makes us different? And so we go over our documents and our bylaws and that's the canoe class pick a canoe because we all know that jumping from canoe to canoe is awkward and squishy so find a canoe and sit in it and serve it well how do you serve your canoe you grab your paddle and you move the ministry of the church forward by using your spiritual gifts and abilities that were given to us at the moment of salvation because your heavenly father loves us so much that when he says follow me we are each given a supernatural aptitude or ability or gift to help others come along with us as we follow Jesus. Talk about spiritual gifts. What are spiritual gifts? When do we get our spiritual gifts? How do we know what our spiritual gifts are? And we have a very personal conversation. It was such a sweet moment yesterday when we went around the room. And in my sarcastic, nasty, mean, belittling way, which I love so much about me, I said... Are there any spiritual gifts at that table? Knowing full well that the Bible promises that there are. And people got to say, yeah. The, according to this inventory that I engaged with and reflecting on the scripture and, and how God has been moving in my life, here's an area where I think he's gifted me in a certain way. Are there any surprises? Yeah. Like, I, I, I thought that maybe this was going to be a spiritual gift in my life, but really it's not so much, or... Uh, and then we had just a brief time to talk about how the Lord might use that spiritual gift to be a blessing to the larger church body. That's the paddle class. How do you move a canoe forward in ministry using your spiritual gifts and aptitude? And finally, the goal of any good canoe trip is to actually get somewhere. It's called a campsite. We know that all of us have different responsibilities at the campsite. Some of us cut the wood. Some of us start the fire. Some of us cook the things. And at the campsite, that means what is your role in ministry? And we had a chance to talk about what does it look like to be a, a, a ministry team member at River Church? What does it look like to be a ministry team leader? And in time, what do deacons and elders and pastors, and what does that all mean? And we had that conversation yesterday because it's important for us to specifically answer this question, how, what does it look like when we as individuals follow Jesus? It means at River Church that we are a part of this membership process. And, of course, anyone's welcome to come for as long as they'd like to come. But when it comes to becoming a fisher of men, how does that actually happen at River Church? How do we make disciples and in turn disciple others? It's through this ministry process. Understanding salvation, baptism, church membership, spiritual gifts, and how I actually all put it together to serve our local church because we're following Jesus 
together. And I, I, I thought that would just be a, a good focus for us this morning to answer these questions. What on earth is Jesus doing with me? He's calling us to follow him. How does that actually look in a local church? At different churches, it'll look different ways. At River Church, it looks like our membership process, which is entitled The River. This is how we fish for people. And of course, I guess the way that I, I, I feel on our birthday is, is summarized by this statement. I'm following Jesus with you. That's what we're all doing. All of us can say that. We can look around the room and say, I'm following Jesus with you and with you and with you and with you. And I'm so excited to find out how God has blessed our community with you. And I'm going to figure that out, what that looks like as I follow Jesus, focusing on Jesus, knowing that you're right here with me. And sometimes when I lose sight of Jesus, I'm going to look to you to help me show the, the path again. Sometimes I'm going to look to the pastor. But we're going to walk on this path together, focusing on Jesus, walking together. I'm following Jesus with you. And I thought, that's a much better focus for a birthday than a kid that's opening all the presents. Because it was all provided for them by a gracious set of parents, in our case, our loving Heavenly Father. God's blessing, God's presence to us today is the fact that we get to say, I'm following Jesus with you. It's awesome. It's wonderful. So what do we do now? So what do I actually do today? Well, it's Communion Sunday. We've chosen the first Sunday of the month to be the day that we are obedient to Jesus Christ's command to remember his death, burial, and resurrection by partaking of the elements represented by a little piece of bread and a little cup of juice. I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up at this time and help me as we wrap up our time together this morning. And so by way of application, what do I actually do today? We follow Jesus. And what does that mean? Well, it's the first Sunday of the month. So that means we take communion together. And what's so awesome about communion is, again, communion is not about River Church. It's about following Jesus. And so if you're new here this morning, and you're like, ooh, communion. Once upon a time when I was about that big, I went on an overnight with a friend of mine, and we went to Mass on Sunday morning. And of course, in the Catholic Church, it's normal to take communion every Sunday, which is also a beautiful observance. And, and I'll never forget how this made me feel. Josh, you stay there. This is not for you. And the whole family got up and took communion. Because in that church, it was about the church. And I was not a member of that church. I didn't know the rules of that church. I had made no commitment to that church. I was never going to be in that church again. And I felt like I was left out from the grace of God as a boy because I wasn't allowed to take communion there. I've since come to understand in our studies of the scripture, and I'll show them to you here in just a moment, that it's not about a local church as much as it is about following Jesus. So this morning, if you follow Jesus, you're welcome to join us in communion, the elements that he said that we should take together to remember the power of his death, burial, and resurrection. We place our faith in Jesus Christ, but we don't have to worry about whether or not he's coming back from the dead. He came. And so we place our hope in God's approval of his sacrificial death for you and for me, proven by the fact that he's the first one, the firstborn of the dead. 
and we remember the elements that represent his physical body. That's what communion is about. And maybe this morning you say, Josh, well, that helps. I, you know, it, it's not that I'm a member of another church or that I feel like River Church is saying no, this isn't for you. It's I, I don't think I follow Jesus. So I don't think communion is for me. And if that is how you feel this morning, then just let the elements pass you by. It's okay. Don't feel like you have to take communion this morning. But I'd like to share two words with you. Follow Jesus. <laughs> Maybe this morning, for the first time, there's somebody here who understands that being a member of a local church and attending church regularly and serving the church is about following Jesus. And that's where it all starts. And you would like to follow Jesus this morning because you heard from his word before gospels repeated it that Jesus has turned his attention to you you've been wrestling with the question what on earth does Jesus want from me what is he doing to me right now and the answer is he's drawing you follow him and so if you'd like to follow Jesus this morning all the work has already been done you just have to draw up the seat to the table and it's done by faith in prayer and it goes like this Heavenly Father, I don't deserve a seat at the table. I don't. I understand for the first time that you have called me to follow you. I turn from not just my sin, I turn from everything to follow you. Would you accept me as your son, as your daughter? Because I want to follow Jesus. I ask these things in his name. about River Church. It's about a table that was set for us by faith. Heavenly Father, we want to follow Jesus. Thank you that today is our birthday. We want to be the first to acknowledge that you have provided everything for, for us. And so really kind of instead of focusing on, on us, can we just spend our birthday focusing on you? We want to follow closely after you. We want to chase after you. We want to follow you as you delineate the path from this life to the next, enjoying all the benefits and the blessings and the challenges and the work that go with becoming a Christ follower. Father, I pray this morning that as we have this opportunity to receive communion in just a few moments, that our faith would be strengthened, that our hearts would be knitted together in faith as we focus on you and comfort and encourage and challenge each other as we walk together. Father, we thank you for how you have provided for us. And Father, we pray big prayers and we have big hopes for the future. We want to see more and more people follow Jesus.